What's up, everybody? It is I, Sigma. We are back with episode 14 of the BBET Gamescast. I'm joined by Superman Jeff 12. Bingo Bongo. As well as a special guest, uh, Start Button Reviews, Mr. Gamer. Uh, What's Blue going Bone? on, Bud Mattress? Sorry, man. Uh, Blue Bones couldn't be here with us this week, so we've asked uh, Mr. Gamer to kind of step in, fill in his shoes. We would have asked him to show up um, on this podcast at some point anyway, but it just worked out that Blue wouldn't actually be here when Gamer showed up. But uh, Gamer, tell everybody a little bit about um, kind of where you come from. All right. So, um, man, see, I really had an amazing, like, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air thing that I was going to go into, but I'm, I'm just going to completely <laughs> uh, dish that. But... Um, so, um, I am Mr. Gamer. I am a consumer-focused video game critic. Uh, video games are pretty expensive nowadays, and um, yeah, not everybody has money to just blow on the next big console or anything like that, so I try to do my best to make sure that everybody is saving just that little bit of extra money after you get microtransactioned, you know, till your pants fall off. Yeah, because that is a thing. <laughs> But uh, yes, welcome, welcome. Uh, glad to have you here uh, filling in. Yeah, definitely good to have you on. For Blue. But uh, just as always, as we always do, we're going to start with what we've been playing for the week. Uh, Jeff, do you feel like you want to go first? or? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I hopped back on uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. been playing a little bit of that. Um, right. There was some it, new DLC announced, right? Yeah, they're, they're doing a vampire DLC. It's going to be uh, Morbius from Spider-Man. Um, there's going to be Blade. Um, there's going to be... Um, there's going to be um, Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, uh, and I believe it was the Punisher. The other picture was a little weird. I don't know where he, <laughs> how he fit into it, but yeah, like he's going to be part. Punisher yeah. not necessarily exactly. Related. Then there was uh, so there's going to be some more story content to go along with it, a little vampire centric storyline. Um, so that you know, it's been. I'm towards the end of the game. I kind of took a break from it. Got pretty far in it. Um, aside of that, I've been playing um, more to Cataclysm. Um, this week I pop back on, do a few cataclysm matches. Saving my gems because this week's war chest was uh, was melee and support. And you hate so, melee weapons. I already got melee. <laughs> I already got a legendary melee weapon. I already got a melee uh, legendary support. So there's no point in me opening multiple ones right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saving them for the weapons. I feel like the weapons last is because I guess they're the most sought after right now so they kind of want yeah clearly that's how yeah. you feel yeah like so yeah it would make sense so that I they would save like the I'm... best thing for last exactly because those are the, the the biggest changes they made with the cataclysm is the the legendary weapons actually feel like legendary weapons as opposed to just oh uh nail three weak point shots you do increased damage to me that's not a legendary weapon <laughs> yeah, it's not a weapon a yeah. stat that you care that much about for it to be called legendary. Yeah, it's like an additional perk to another perk when it like shoots flaming orbs that that incinerate the enemy or whatever it is. Yeah, now you, you hit three the weapons those. to get like fantastical exactly. stuff. Yeah, that makes and, that, sense. and that's what the new ones look like. They look like they they got the hint that hey, these weapons need to be on legendary, you know, on that legendary caliber level. Um, so, um, and aside from that, it's just been monster hunting, getting ready for um the ice. ice- Iceborne DLC. I'm um, a lot of new stuff coming out with that. So I've been grinding and getting my build ready for that. True. Uh, gamer, what about you? What have you been gaming on this week? All right. So Blue has gotten me into Final Fantasy 14. Really? I, yeah, you've been trying to get everybody on that wave. <laughs> I So 
the last big MMO I had actually played was Rose on Rush on Seven Episodes, and their servers just went down recently. So I've been into that. Wait, I wait, have went been... down as in the game is like done. Elver, yeah, yes, like oh, so. Yeah, so they sunset everything. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, like for, I think it was for like the last few months, everything in their premium item shop was free oh, because wow. the servers are going to go down, so it doesn't even really yeah, matter. I'll try out whatever. Exactly. So I was playing that a whole lot. Um, I have been, ever since the Roll queue beta for Overwatch, right, I, am re- I am reinvigorated with it. I, I am loving it because... You always know that you're going to get some sort of balanced team. You don't have to worry about, okay, so we have, you know, three snipers and one healer. <laughs> we have two people who aren't going to choose tank. Right. I, that, you don't have to worry about that anymore. It, it is, honestly, it is fantastic. I, I love it. Love it. Love it so much. Um, yeah, I have been and, hearing positive things about that change. Like, people do seem to be enjoying playing Overwatch again. Not that well, they implemented that. I mean, and even the other thing is that it even gives you little rewards like, oh, hey, get a loot box if you play uh, damage or get 25 credits if you play tank or something like that. And the cool. fact that your That's rank cool. is actually split up. So you have different SRs. Yeah, I noticed for... that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. You have different SRs for each particular role? Yeah, for each role. Yes. Yeah, like I, oh, I was wow. doing comp with uh, Blue and some of the other people from the Xbox chat. And I had to do tank because everybody else jumped on the other roles. Um, but I didn't do too bad. Uh, I played fairly decent Reinhardt. And yeah. Yeah, I started gaining a lot of just tank SR rank. Yeah. So and, I, and I have no skills in the other stuff as far as Overwatch knows right cool. now. That's actually pretty interesting because you might see that when you go into rank, oh, he's really good tank. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He's crappy Yeah, healer. I think that's exactly what it's for. Yeah. Now, are you able to switch roles? You like, are locked you? into that role for that match. But then after the match is over, you can you can choose. And okay. the way that it works is so you have damage support and um, tank. You can choose which role you want. You could choose all three or you can only choose two. That way, when the match starts, it'll cue you for whatever it is that you choose. But you mm-hmm. will choose that role. Makes sense. Yeah, it, it's a pretty cool system. I like yeah. the change. A, too. Lot of, a lot of MMOs have that for dungeons. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Final Fantasy 14 has it. You can queue in as a tank, you can queue in as a healer, and it'll match you with other groups that are looking for those particular uh, roles to be filled. Yeah, that makes things a whole lot easier, especially competitive. Yeah, instead of a team full of <laughs> attack characters. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> Which can't is do anything. What it with usually this. ends up being either attacker or like a very damage focused yeah. support, like Moira or something. Like three snipers. But, um,. Has that is that pretty much all you've been uh, playing this week, gamer? Yeah, because so I so um I also got my podcast that I do every Thursday plus full time job. So I honestly <laughs> don't even really get to. Oh, I guess the other other thing that I've been doing is Overcooked Two on the Nintendo Switch. Nice. Did that uh, come out recently for Switch? No, no, no. That that's actually been out for a while. I played it at the Navy Pier Switch event. Uh, I do believe that that was about a month ago. And this is arguably one of the best party games I have ever played. I don't know. Have you have either of you ever heard of Overcooked? Yeah, I played Isn't that the one you guys played at the at uh, the, the UAL meetup. Meet yeah. We were yeah. trying to um we were trying to stream from the second annual uh Urban Anime Lounge meetup. Um, and we were tra- we were playing Overcooked one. I don't think it worked that well. Like it, not the game, but the stream didn't work that well. 
But uh, the game was kind of chaotic fun. Um, I enjoyed the time we, we played it then. But yeah, I, I haven't touched two. Well, no, I think that was two we played. Because you could throw the food into, right? Yes, that yeah, is correct. Yeah, so you can throw the food too. Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife and I decided to play that game. And I will say it, it it's less of a uh, difficulty curve and more like a difficulty just cliff. Because after a while, <laughs> you're just like, yeah, all right, things are, oh, wait, no, okay, things yeah. are starting to get, and then and then it just does this. Yeah, there was a lot of that going on, just to complete me, it like confusion. There's, there's Mario Party difficulty, and then there was Overcooked difficulty. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. A compl- like, not even a comparison of how difficult uh, Overcooked was. Yeah, there's like an, an internal logic to that game that's not, it doesn't hit you at face value. It's like, oh, if you want to bake a cake, you first have to put the flour with an egg and, and like they show you pictures of how to do it but like the yeah. order is like specific and a thing has to go into another thing first you have to pull it out in time and then put that thing yep. oh my god it's it's so many yeah, steps. you guys were fixing plates that had to have certain stuff on it and you gotta and wash the plates yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> oh and this is also under the assumption that your kitchen isn't moving somehow <laughs> in the air <laughs> random spots in your floor are on fire right like yeah because that's just you cooking the items and then there's like oh yeah suddenly um yeah your your kitchen is split like this have fun yeah like you gotta throw this raw fish across a gap to to get it to the other half of the kitchen but yeah it's also good times um okay i guess that does it for uh what game has been playing this week in all honesty i haven't played much new uh i've been working on a review this week but that embargo is not going to be up by the time uh we're done um but cool thing though about this mystery game is um I'll actually have a full playthrough of it going up on the BBET YouTube. So the review will be on Escapist um, August 30th. So you can probably guess from uh, you can guess from the release date what game it is. But about that day or the day after, we'll have a full playthrough of me and my girlfriend Kia actually playing through that game. So that should be fun. But uh, in right. the meantime, I have checked out the newly released uh, Gears Pop for mobile. Oh, that's and, out? Yeah, that actually came out, oh. I want to say, a day or two ago. You know what? You didn't tell me. No, they, somebody told me. They posted it in the in the chat that we're both members of. So Yeah, but we spoke <laughs> yesterday, and I don't remember that coming up in the conversation. Anyway. So, I did try it out. That. that actually looked really interesting. It I'll does look... I, I will give you that. It does look interesting. Oh, I, did play I like it. that word. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I did actually play it. Not for very long, I'll admit that. But man, is that a mobile game ass mobile game? Like, uh, <laughs> like the oh boy. like from the font to all the little icons in the corner that give you like pop ups that tell you, oh, buy this thing, buy that thing. Oh, it gives you notifications where it's like, oh, you've unlocked the blah 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 blah. Because you'll you'll get a thing, I guess, from you know playing a match, and then they'll give you like a box, but you can't touch the box until a certain amount of time has passed by, so that they can notify you that you have this thing to go back to the game and look at. You know. Like, they want to keep trying to grab your attention. Uh, in terms of gameplay, though, honestly, I didn't really understand what was going on. It looks a lot like, um, I want to say, like, Clash of Clans or, like, these kind of mobile MOBAs, if you know what I mean. Like, these tower defense-inspired yeah. MOBA-type games where you have to you send out units, they attack a thing automatically. Like, you don't have any direct control. But it is um, a multiplayer thing, like... When you get into a match, you're matched against another player. So you're seeing, you can see the opposite side of their field. They're also throwing out, you know, their units and stuff. Um, uh, it's kind of hard to explain because I don't really play these kinds of games. But essentially, you build like a 
a deck, let's say, of like kind of pop characters. And those characters, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, fit in a certain classes. So you'll have um, like a cover unit who will like hide behind cover and then like slowly advance to get towards the enemy side and start shooting down their defenses. Or you'll have um, these swarm characters that are like a bunch of little guys that don't do cover. They just walk straight down the middle and then attack like the hero character directly because like it's set up where there's two turrets on each side and then your your character is in the middle. So you're all shooting anything that comes towards you. And the stuff that comes towards you is the stuff that the other person is sending your way. So the more ground that you take over with your cover units, then the further up you can place the units that you throw out. So that kind of gives you an advantage over the other guy. Your engagement is farther up, yeah. Yeah, so in that way, their strategy. But honestly, as I was playing, it's like you just pull the unit you want into position and then like a little timer ticks down for your cooldown and then you can put another unit so you do it one by one and then after time you get an ultimate ability the ult i had was called the emergence hole so i could put that anywhere on the map and like things will pop out of the ground just attack whatever's around it none of it felt fun none of it felt like interesting or compelling and just the aesthetic really really turned me off like i don't mind the the funko pop look of the character models and stuff but just everything else around that is just like the like even the text when it says victory like it looks like every other mobile game you've ever seen. It's like, just, I was hoping it was going to be a better version of Halo Wars just because of really? the variations of uh, like you said the emergence hole that's a pretty good idea. You got different you got a bunch of different types of locusts. Mm-hmm. You even have the uh the other ones uh, I can't remember what they're called. But anyway, you have like you could have lancer units, you could have ganache units. Yeah, like they they have stuff that go by those names. But the, the stuff they do, just none of it is really all that interesting to me. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. Um, I was I was gonna make another point, but I'm I'm blanking on what it was now. But um, oh, actually, yeah, what what I like from first glance, especially after seeing them announce um, Gears Tactics, which I'm super excited about. Like, I really want to see what that game is. Uh, I thought this would be like a lighter version of that, like kind of how. Fire Emblem yeah, Heroes is yeah. like a very light version of Fire Emblem proper, you know? Like that yeah. game doesn't suck. It has, you know, mobile stuff in it. Like it's a gotcha game where you collect characters and whatnot. But the actual yeah. gameplay is just a more simplified turn based tactics game. So Yeah, you have that because I actually have it too. It's it plays pretty Yeah, well. I play I played a little bit of Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah. But um yeah, Gears Pop is nothing like a tactics game. I mean there are probably tactics in it, it's just it's not my forte. Like I don't mess maybe maybe a lot of people will really dive into this. Because it has a lot of the same hooks as a lot of the most popular mobile games on the market. Like, the, the thing it looked the most like to me was, like, Clash of Clans. You know? And I don't... I've never played that game once. I've just seen it. And immediately... Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's a little less than optimal. I've seen some people's lives and wallets, unfortunately, <laughs> go completely down the toilet uh, with that game. It, 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 I mean, it gets pretty bad. It's actually exactly what you said. You'll be doing something. You'll see the cooldown. It's like, oh, hey, we can make this thing go faster for you for $4.99. Right. We'll make sure that you get reduced cooldown times for the next you know, week or what have you. And it's just like, eh, yeah, no. Yeah, nope, can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. Not yeah. for me. The, the franchise, like the Gears franchise, is kind of what caught my eye. That um, I was hoping they'd do something interesting in the mobile space. Um, but they didn't like that's that's how I feel about it personally. I, it, it's kind of a dime a dozen mobile game with the Gears license. Yeah, unfor- that it it's an unfortunate thing, and you know <laughs> this is a this is a this is me only going to step 
on my uh, step on my what is it? My box or soapbox? Soapbox. <laughs> um, there are in a in a mobile game such as that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the free to play model. You know, it's it's a game you just downloaded. You didn't pay any money for it. So if they want to try to get you with microtransactions or what have you, okay, fine. I paid exactly zero ninety nine for this game. It's only when it gets into um Shadow of Mordor or yeah, um yeah. what is it? Uh Crash Team the the Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, where the game first released, everyone reviewed it, and then it was only after that they were after everyone reviewed it and the review cycle was over that they updated the game with microtransactions. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. That's fine. I didn't know that at all. That's fine. Yes. Yep. So the game was originally released. Everyone loved it. Crash Team Racing is back. Woo! Then after that, they released an update where oh hey, we got skins, we got different carts, and all these things. That again. You can just play the game and earn your Wumpa coins, or you can purchase them. And here's the kicker. Well, do they do they have any stats? Like, this stuff is just cosmetic, though, right? Correct. But the fact, it's not even the fact that it's cosmetic, because if you want to get into cosmetic crap, look at Bethesda and Fallout 76. That's mm-hmm. a... But... It's more important that the game the game was released one way and then updated another. Yeah, games yeah. that games are games that have those in-app purchases are supposed to say right on the cover, "Hey, this game contains in-app purchases." That's true. Yeah. If you look at the cover of the game, it doesn't say that. So they were just basically just able to get away with it. And now they can monetize you with a free-to-play model and a premium game, which I think is, I, I think that's just completely bogus. Yeah, that that's real shady. No, I mean that that's just that that's just kind of like the thing that I'm on, like I'm like always fighting for and really get heated. Like I pay sixty, sixty five, seventy dollars for a video game, and then as I play the video game, you're going to continue to nickel and dime me under the assumption that oh, you don't have to buy this, you can just you know play it normally, but you made the game this way, yeah. so yeah. Especially when I pay sixty bucks for a game. Yeah, it, it it hurts. Yeah, it it's devious, especially that particular instance. Like that is the most diabolical type of implementation of microtransactions I can think of in recent memory. Like to just add it after the fact, after you get a certain rating, to just throw it in there after. That's that's sketchy as hell. To me, but, and um, it's still like my top example of what a premium game should be is um, Apex. Apex Legends, to me, is a great example of what a free game should be, True. where the game doesn't feel like it's missing something, like its soul isn't there, but it still has stuff, you know, that they can earn money on, skins and whatnot, but you you feel like you're playing a full game as opposed to that. Things aren't, you know, oh, you can't, you can only play three matches a day unless you pay, you know, 10 yeah. bucks more stamina or something like, that's, like that. That's the, the sketchy version. Yeah. But um, that's pretty much all we've been playing for the week. Uh, we're going to move now into our topics. First on the list, uh, big news for the Matrix franchise. Uh, apparently, a Matrix 4 is coming. Keanu Reeves, Neo, Carrie Moss, Trinity, as well as Lana Wachowski, one of the two Wachowski siblings, are basically signed back up to create this sequel. Um, how do we feel about a fourth Matrix movie? <laughs> I was hoping for either a prequel or some type of alternate storyline because the way it ended, I'm not sure (laughs) that you can, 
It could be really good. But a lot of times when we leave a movie on an ending like that and we pick it up years later and try to add a sequel to it, mm-hmm. it never really works out. Yeah, it, it's, it doesn't have a great track record. There's not much they can do from it. Um, I was hoping, like I said, I was hoping for a prequel or, like I said, some alternate storyline for somebody else or something. But um, let's hope, you know, with all those returning actors signing on that we get something good. I mean, Keanu's been hitting home runs for like the last couple couple years. So let's let's just yeah. hope, fingers crossed, that we don't get any, <laughs> we don't get a crap fest. And and I would I would agree with your point, and I would put significantly more emphasis on Keanu because everyone just absolutely loves him. You're breathtaking. Like right? <laughs> the, the the meme just the meme just blew up everywhere. Toy Story 4, he, he had a small role, but it was still huge. Everybody loves John Wick. People have been wanting a John Wick video game. And oh, I do coming. believe... Yeah, yeah, and I and I do believe that they're also bringing back. I don't exactly know in which way Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I yeah. think I've heard that yeah. too. Well, yeah, I think yeah, they're yeah. they're bringing they're bringing new characters. Like it'll be Bill and Ted's daughters. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay. So and also, I'm, don't forget about the John Wick TV show they got coming out. Right. Yeah, there's a prequel TV show coming. So I mean, Keanu Reeves is just like anything you can possibly slap his name on. Let's just go. Honestly, and if it's and if it turns out that it's going to be the Matrix, fine, because you also know what that's going to be. We're going to be getting a not so good video game adaptation of that movie. So you know what? <laughs> Why not? Let's go. Well, video game adaptations have come a long way since the times yeah. of the Matrix. So I'd actually be really excited if someone put some effort into making a new Matrix I video game. game. Yeah, yeah. And what's what's funny is because before video games, toys were the culprit of that, where a movie came out, they just slapped like like our Star Wars documentary. They were slapping Star Wars on on frisbees and, <laughs> and stuff that had nothing to do with Star Wars just to get the license on it. Then right. video games came out and they want to do all these tie-ins to try to kind of sell off the popularity of the of the movie. And it, they put out all these, you know, yeah. these deep uh, video games. And right. they didn't care about the media. It's funny they how just they just try to, to expand marketing, you know, tie something to a popular franchise just to kind of sell a few a few units of it. So my my take on a fourth Matrix movie, and spoilers for the Matrix trilogy, um, most of the characters die at the end. Neo <laughs> dies at the end. Trinity dies at the end. Um, I don't I don't see how they're doing a sequel. Like to call this Matrix Four makes no sense in that story. So I don't know what. Like I was I was excited when you know there was buzz about more Matrix stuff, because I love the Matrix franchise. Like, I got the Animatrix, which was, like, all the animated prequel stuff. Um, I watched... I have all three of the, the movie DVDs. I have two versions of, like, the second one, because the second one is probably my favorite. Even I know everyone loves the first, and everyone kind of hates the second and really, really hates the third. I liked all of them, okay? So I'm a fanboy for the Matrix. Fanboy. But I don't think this is a great idea. Like, the, And honestly, the Wachowskis, um, they caught a little bit of heat, because... When they made this project, apparently this is a little based on somebody else's intellectual property. Like, there's some scuttlebutt around that. So, the Matrix itself may not be a wholly original idea that came from them. But, you know, they, you know, they expanded it into this three-episode, thi- uh, this three-movie thing. But now that they're trying to bring it back, why is it just one Wachowski? What happened to the other one? 
Like they they're a direction they're a director team, you know? Every movie they've done up until this, I've so far as far as I can tell, have been a collaboration. But honestly, everything they've done since the Matrix movies kind of haven't been as successful. Like maybe V for Vendetta was like a little less successful, but everything else they haven't really been doing well. I think it was more of a and that was more of a cult success as opposed to like a mainstream. What the Matrix or V for Vendetta? No, uh, v for Vendetta. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So. I'm a little worried. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I love the franchise. This seems like a shameless cash grab. And the thing is, I yeah. know Keanu Reeves loves the Matrix series as well. So, I, of course, he wouldn't say no to this. Like, oh, we're going to do more Matrix stuff and you want to use me? Sure, of course. I just want them to be a little bit more creative. Like, Because how do you write back that? Yeah, that, like, that, how do you undo yeah. what they did in the last movie? Any like time travel. <laughs> oh my god that would be bad that would be a bad way to do that <laughs> but it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and and it, i'm wondering if there's a script already it has to be because in order for them to even consider bringing out a fourth one yeah they had they to have, have some to have ideas yeah that makes sense of what happened in the last one unless they're gonna I, even then even that wouldn't make any sense so i'm I, i'm actually befuddled just as much as you are as far as how they could write themselves out of an ending for the last one so honestly, I, I have a morbid level of curiosity for how you know this will turn out, but I am definitely worried. Like <laughs> I'm not excited about it. I am worried <laughs> about what a Matrix Four could be. Uh, I mean, any any other thoughts on this from both you guys? Well, the one I know that there was a question of how are they going to try to bring back a fourth one. Mm -hmm. um, the first time, the first thing that I instantly think of is what Insomniac attempted to do when they wanted to make a Ratchet and Clank video game and movie at the same time. They rebooted <laughs> it, They just completely rewrite yeah. everything. Like, yeah. absolutely. I mean, why couldn't they Why couldn't they do that this time? Is it going to be good and successful? No, probably not. I'm probably going to be cringing and crying in pain at what once was, but that's something that they could do. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at an attempt for a reboot, but the fact yeah, that they're using the same, for. yeah, as, as the fact that they're using the same characters people. makes me feel like they're not trying to do that. Yeah, nope. so we should call it four. Yeah, so make yeah. It four. Now, if it said we're gonna do a, uh, even a what if story, I'd have been okay. You know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'd have been yeah. fine with that too. Yeah, like just some alternate. Oh, this is a story of an alternate one. No, what know, if they like, put put out a. Uh, an, a uh, memo saying, hey, well, you know, the third movie's not going to be canon. We're going to just take place right after the oh, second one. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, a lot of studios are doing that kind of nonsense now. They, they're doing that with the new Terminator coming out. Yeah. Dark Fate is supposed to be a retcon of everything after Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> and and so you think if it's good, people besides hardcore fans will not complain. If it's bad, though, they're going to catch a lot of backlash if that's something that they actually... <laughs> actually do like some some people may not understand how big a deal the matrix was in the early 2000s that movie kind of changed like cinema yeah. like it influenced so much it influenced a lot of video games it influenced just special effects like techniques yeah. like storytelling in, in, in general yes you had Matt Payne, you yep. had, uh, all that yeah crimes you had a bunch of games that used that in as one of their mechanics. Like, it, it is a very, very culturally relevant, iconic piece of filmmaking. 
and uh, a new one in 2019 with everyone's levels of just cynicism at just peak. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like they they got they got a lot to live up to if they're yeah, if this is gonna too. come out anywhere near good. So we'll we'll keep our eyes on that. We'll see how that progresses. What what new information pops up? But um, <clears throat> speaking of success of the early 2000s, GameStop. Unfortunately, has been in the news for several, several years now, uh, just constantly being on the downturn as, you know, the rise of digital stuff has gotten more popular. Uh, mortar shops, like actual physical sales have been going down and GameStop being the biggest name in kind of physical game sales has been, you know, having rough times. Uh, this most recent news, apparently over 100 of people of their staff have been laid off and almost half of Game Informer staff. Game Informer, if you don't know, is a long-running video game magazine publication. Um, probably the, the video game magazine that I've uh, read the most of coming up. Um, and they are owned by GameStop. That's their parent company. So they're, you know, they've always been connected. You go to GameStop, they'll sign you up for power-up rewards or whatever, and then you get the Game Informer subscription. It was like a package deal, which is probably why Game Informer was so successful to begin with, you know, because they were synonymous with GameStop. But, um... I mean, how, how, what are you guys' experience with Game Informer? Did you come up reading that magazine as well? Because I know I did. Yeah, I mean, I read it every time it came in the mail. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, I didn't have time to read it. As a kid, I didn't read it. I looked at the pictures. I looked at the reviews. <laughs> I looked at what games got rated at the end. And if it was one of my the games I was looking forward to, I was reading, you know, all the new stuff that was going to happen. And I remember reading the one for um, uh, for uh, Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. There was the, the one that I kept that was for Darksiders. Uh, Dark Side is two, mm-hmm. um, and it was just always you look forward to getting that in the mail. Or you, when you went to the store before they even started doing the mail subscription, yeah, they'd give you one anytime you signed up for it in the store. Yeah, and they'd now even that now, one right now, there. Yeah, even up until now, I get the digital version. I still go on and I read it and see what's going on. Um, a little bit more in depth now because I want to, you know, I'm looking into the details. I'm looking to see what new mechanics and stuff are going on with this game, you know, stuff like that. And it's just going to be very sad because um, I think they gave very unbiased reviews and very insightful information on a lot of the games that were in there. Yeah, there's a lot of talent at Game Informer, like just video game journalism talent at that uh, magazine. Like, I've seen some of their guys go off into other parts of the industry, like, uh, for example... um, uh, there's one like I listen to the giant, like Giant Bomb, like their uh, video game publication and whatnot. <sighs> I cannot remember this man's name. It's Dan something, but he he moved from Game Informer to Giant Bomb, and I've been enjoying. Like I didn't know anything about him before that because he, when I used to read, uh, well Ben Hansen I believe is a longtime Game Informer writer, um, and that was probably him and the editor in chief, uh, Andy McNamara are probably the only names that I know off the top of my head from Game Informer. But Dan, whose last name I cannot remember right now, moved over from there to Giant Bomb. And he's probably one of my favorite editors at Giant Bomb now. So, like, that kind of just tells you the kind of core talent they have at Game Informer. So, I mean, Gamer, have, do you have, like, a history with Game Informer at all? or? Oh, I do. I remember there was... It was the first boxing game that was released on the Sega Dreamcast. And I remember looking at the back of the cheat section of that so that I could unlock all of the 
boxers. Um, I I loved note note the D. I loved Game Informer because and I just as time went on, you notice that you know it just had a little bit less actual content within mm. it. Um, I loved like. There, there aren't really cheats for games anymore. But I loved those when yeah. I was a little kid. Like <clears throat> that was like oh, the yeah. whole back section, right? Was like yeah, yeah. Unlock and like yeah, unlock all the unlock all the skaters or uh, God mode and um and whatever whatever shooting game. Like that was my thing. I, I would actually sit down and try to read all of those things or to badly trace the art that was on the front (laughs) of the magazine or something like that. Like though, though that brought me some really good memories. It only hurts me a little bit to see kind of like the decline that GameStop has been taking with Mm -hmm. it. Unfortunately, I feel like it's just kind of slow. They've lost focus. And even in the article, they're talking about how they are trying to, go back to like the core of what GameStop was. But then again, I walk past and it's like, oh, hey, don't like your phone or your tablet? We'll buy that from you. <laughs> um, but hold, what, what, is, what does that have to do with, what does that have to do with, with video games? And well, to, to be fair, that is, that is before this, you know, renovation that they're attempting, you know? Like that's kind yeah. of the desperation of their declining physical sales. But they were doing that before with the whole Helio and whatnot. And I, and I hope that they had learned that the phone situation doesn't work. What they have to do is to compete with digital games. I think we talked about this before. They have to create an experience within that store. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems like that, that is what they're aiming to do now that they're making all these changes. Yeah, and it makes sense because you, you they, I mean, how much changes have they made over the last 20 or so years? Not many. Yeah. Nothing. In store. And they just started doing some of the, the, um, the geek them stuff in the store, like you got your pops. So that stuff is cool. You got T-shirts. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like the statues and stuff in there. That's cool. Now we need something more. They need to get in community engagement. They need, they need tournaments. They need, you know, they used to have more games and samples to play in the store, demos and whatnot. Yeah, like kiosks and whatnot. Yeah, because when parents want to take their kids to GameStop, that should be their destination. Hey, mom, can we go to GameStop? They want to go and try out this new game. They have to, and they have to partner with some of these um, these game companies to kind of get some of that stuff. Hey, you know, Fortnite's going to be doing something special with the mech thing. Try it in GameStop first. Guess eh, what? I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know about I that because some of that stuff is. Uh, I mean, look how huge Fortnite is. Well, Somebody's, yeah, and but like, Fortnite is huge blows. without GameStop. Like the thing is, yes, I agree. Epic that. doesn't need it to benefit, involve the GameStop in anything. You know? No, it wouldn't benefit Fortnite. I would just give an example of mm-hmm. stuff that they have to do to bring more people in. I mean, because kids blow what? Some kids blow like $300 on Fortnite. So imagine them, they can try this <laughs> mech first in the store. <laughs> they're they're going to be in that store trying out that mech in GameStop. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy something. But the more people that walk through your door, the more likely that they're going to actually purchase something. But, that, um, but for that specific example, it doesn't really make any sense because... Like Epic is control of when content comes out for Fortnite. Like, mm-hmm. why would they ever no, release no, no, no. like a Once thing again, where they can go it, to GameStop to try the mech? It was just an example of some of the stuff that they need to kind of do is partner with certain you know game companies to no, kind of get. No, but what I'm saying, a partnership like demo. that makes like 
I don't think that would ever happen. Like, that's not something GameStop could even ask them to do and hope to get any kind no, of No, 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 no. Once again, it was just an example. So, like, the demos and stuff that they used to have. I'll just give an example of some stuff that they have. Like, when they do with pre-orders. I used to buy pre-order at GameStop because their pre-orders were one of the best. Like, I remember pre-ordering Kingdom of Amalur, and I got yeah, the, they give uh, you just seven some... armor, stuff like that. Now their pre-orders are, you get, like, two-day early access. But that's because... The reason, the reason why I don't like that is because that was when you would have to go to a different store to get a specific pre-order. So if you're making it, because that's probably the same, the same idea you're having is the same idea they probably have. Like if we have a better pre-order to offer than these guys or that guys, then people will come and buy the game from us, which of course is good for them. But in general, that's bad for consumers. Like you, you're getting different you can't pieces. Limit it, you can't limit that to games then because if you look at everything else, everybody's doing that. Come to, come to Best Buy, buy your phone, you get you know, 20% off, or you get a, a, a $25 uh, Best Buy gift card if you come in here and but, buy your... your but, that's your, what's, but that's different because that's not that's not taking something away from your phone. That's like saying if you get this, if you buy this phone from GameStop, then you can use the Apple Pay app. Well, technically, it's not taking away from consumers if you no, can it is. it at a later date if you want it. But that's... that. You have to understand that they're paying for some of that content to be on there. So it's going to be exclusive so that way if you want it, you have to go to GameStop. Just because you buy, you're saying that everybody won't, if they buy that Best Buy, they won't have access to the stuff that mm-hmm. only GameStop have. That's fair. Then go buy it at GameStop. They have, you have to but then, do those But then what if Best Buy has the other thing that you like? That's what I'm, that's what what? I'm getting at. You got to choose. But, I, well, come but then that, but that, then that sucks. Like, you do not agree with me? Like, cause I you, do not. Like, if you, like, if you have two, we- like, they're offering, like, special weapons that give you all these powers in the game. Best Buy has one that does lightning damage and... Uh, GameStop has one that does fire damage. You kind of want to do both those weapon damages. Guess what? That's life. <clears throat> well, I don't do know. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. You can't do it all. But, I mean, you should be able to because you bought I, the game. I, I, I. <laughs> Digital pre-orders are just like that, too. Digitally pre-order at Amazon. They've been, move, they've been moving away from that in recent years, though. But, like, but it, it was saying. really bad a while back. But I'm just saying. But GameStop, you know, hey, go and pre-order it. Put that $5 down. When a game comes out, you get this skin for free. Boom. I want that skin. I'm going to go to GameStop. That was only half of it. But to me, pre-ordering assures you that that game's going to be in stock when you go to get it. I mean, I don't know about you two. I don't know how many times you went to a store and it's like, hey, um, I came to get this. Especially if it was a popular game. I mean, oh, not so out. much anymore. Like, nowadays, that's we're not out. really a thing that they're out well, of. Well, that's because now they're not selling as many physical copies in the store. Because yeah, exactly. But before, back then, it was, you know, oh, no, we're out. I'm like, okay, well, when are you going to get some? Oh, I don't know, man. Oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, that, that sucked back in the day. <laughs> so, well, I... you're anti-pre-order since you were born. So that's just like you. Like, that's just your thing. But my bad, Gamer, what were you, <laughs> you trying to get well, a word in? <laughs> well, but, uh, so I, I see on one side, I see we have something here at slot A. We have something here at slot B. Choose. I'm giving you the choice. You can either... Get the fire damage here or the lightning damage here. On the other side, I see why am I being forced to make that decision if I want both. Mm -hmm. I used to pre-order anything I possibly could because I liked the idea of knowing that I would be I would guarantee my slot. And I love that guarantee. But 
there was a video game that came out that burned me really, really badly. <laughs> Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Really? <laughs> yes. I pre-ordered that game because I had played one and loved it. I had played two like crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And the DLC. And then even after the, after the season pass stuff was over, the Headhunter packs. Like... It was just so much content. It was amazing. And then I'm going to get the pre-sequel. I'm going to figure out how Handsome Jack became the tyrant that he is. Okay, let's do this. And then I got the game, and it was absolute horse crap. <laughs> and I was so mad. Yeah. And then I started thinking to myself, what would have happened, truly, what would have happened had I not pre-ordered that game? Absolutely nothing. So then I asked myself the question again. Well, do I have to? Why do I have to pre-order this? What is actually in it for me to pre-order this? Now, again, I understand the bonus of, hey, if you get it here, you get this extra stuff. Now, most often than not, more often than not, the extra stuff is cosmetic. Get this special looking Gears of War gun, get this special armor pack, get this whatever. It's all cosmetic. More specifically, it's cosmetic things that you may not be able to get in the game. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you a question, gentlemen. Why is that? Why is it that you have to either wait for the game like everybody else, or you could pre-order it now, locking in your locking in your purchase, mm -hmm. and then you get this item. Because it was designed that way. There really isn't anything stopping them from just adding it, or you complete the tutorial level and then you get it, or anything like that. The argument that is made more often is that you don't have to do it. It is a choice. But if I design the maze and I design how difficult it is, I can control your choice. I that, can that make it to where I you feel about it. I can make it to where you actually don't have a choice, but you think you do. And as long as you think that you have a choice, you won't blame me, the and designer. That is the story of the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> no, and to that, uh, quick thing is, pre-sequel was just a bad game. Um, you got it earlier, you got it later. It was going to be a bad game, and that's how I feel about that. Um, I, I will say, segment. yeah, go ahead. My bad. Um, are you looking forward to the third one, gamer? Um, I am looking for the third one once Randy Pitchfork gets his head out of his butt. Right. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense because he's been on one. Yeah, he, he does seem to have taken a step back away from all of the promotional stuff. I haven't heard his name in the media in recent months, yeah. so that's good I think for little, the game. They were a little worried that a lot of his uh, his troubles were going to affect the uh, the game. So I mean, that's good he's taking a step back so the game can be successful without you know a lot of that backlash from his um, endeavor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say I will say this though. Claptrap just sounds so weird now. I it know it's a, so annoying. I was listening to like it's a different voice actor. Like, so, and, 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 I, like, and I got uh, that, and I got that it's a different voice actor. But like, 
I it it it's you can clearly you can very clearly tell. Now the heroes that you can play as in Borderlands, oh I like it. We we have a oh my goodness. Um oh my goodness classes? Yeah, the different classes. Okay. The siren. Like the siren, yeah. Yeah, we we have a siren that's actually like physical strength based that that's mm. a nice little twist yeah that's I cool yeah like i like that. i really do like her design specifically yeah she looks pretty cool the car and they have the skill trees they definitely reworked them and i know this is getting a little side we might actually have to do this is a subject next week um but they added new skill trees and a few of the characters can have more than one skill active at a time which is a big difference than the second one just so you know um sigma uh, the only reason Jeff is even asking you whether you're looking forward to it is because I've stated that I don't have like excitement for Borderlands 3. And it's only because the game looks so much like Borderlands 2. And Borderlands 2 is a great game. I played the crap out of that game. Yes. But isn't that game like eight, nine years old at this oh, point? You have The graphics look amazing. Well, I mean, that's beside the point. Like, I, the game looks fine. Like, I have no problems with what Borderlands is. I was just really hoping to see something new from Borderlands, and like I don't what? see anything new. Honest, to be completely honest, a lot of these games as service games that we've like kind of been really attached to, kind of stole the essence of Borderlands. Like the the loop, like the the looter shooter, looter shooter. essence yeah. is Borderlands. So if Borderlands, who invented the looter shooter, you know, has that great um, that loop because the, the shooting Borderlands feels great like the the guns that you hunt for feel great like the secrets that they put in there like if they made all of that a more cohesive online experience instead of oh, just that's what you were thinking about. yeah instead okay. of just the you know party up with four people and then you just go through the missions again eh, like I i've done that. that you know like i was I, I was looking for we, we people have talked about this for years i was think i was hoping for border worlds where oh, like man. it's like this open thing you go to this planet and your friends on that planet. So then you guys do something over there and like just this, you know, I was, I just, I wanted something bigger than what this seems to okay, be. I get that. Your, your, so, your hopes were up here. Yeah. I was, I was really right looking here. forward to what a Borderlands three could be, especially after all this time. And they're kind of just doing Borderlands 2.5 in my head. So okay, I'll I probably still play it. Like there's, there's a great chance. I'm probably going to, unless reviews come out and also it's like, Oh wow, this isn't anything like what we thought it was. <laughs> Then yeah, I'll probably I'll probably still check it out. I'll, there's a great chance I'll probably have fun with it. I, my excitement level just isn't high anymore. But that was that's a whole other tangent. Honestly, I want real quick. I want to go back to the uh, <laughs> the the GameStop thing, the pre-order thing, because that was another tangent from what we were actually talking about. I just want to highlight the worst example of that pre-order situation was Batman: Arkham City, if you remember. Okay, yeah. They they allowed different retailers. To have completely different content, like extra content, there were Harley Quinn missions that were like a side story to the Batman story mm-hmm. that you could only get Cat at Woman. one place. Cat there Woman. was the Catwoman story that you could only get one place. There was another story that was like a first person thing. Yeah. Uh, it was like a detective or whatnot. You go to like this little, I think it was like a Scarecrow mission, but you you don't play a Scarecrow. You played as like another yeah. person, or whatever. All of them were separated among different stores. So if you went anywhere to buy that game when it first launched, you literally missed two-thirds of additional content. And it was, like, good stuff. The Catwoman missions, the Harley Quinn mission especially, is good content. 
I don't agree with that. I don't agree with separating content like that. Yeah, but that's, but that's kind of what that leads to. That's that's how bad it got because of them yeah, saying this store does this, this store does that. So that's why I'm like, no, don't do none of that. Yeah, I don't agree with those separating actual game content as far as levels and whatnot. It's my idea is more cosmetic and a weapon or an early I mean, yeah, that's, that's less impactful. Or- but I mean, for for me specific, specifically, who don't who doesn't care so much about like the extra trinkets that come with pre-orders, I can probably ignore that. But there are people who are like, I have to have everything. So like that really puts them in like a bad position. They're like, I love this game. I want that helmet that represents this thing. I want that sword that represents that thing. I can't get it, and I'm paying the same amount of money as that guy. You know, so they, they just I don't I'm know. It's, it's that, bad. I'm it's bad for the I'm sorry that was done to you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for GameStop, uh, GameStop Talk. Um, but we are going to go into some Sony stuff. Not the Sony stuff you're thinking of, but earlier <laughs> <laughs> earlier this week, um, Sony did have some non-Disney-related Spider-Man news. They actually bought Insomniac Games, the developer of the Spider-Man game, that was yeah. wildly successful. I think the best... Um, First party game that Sony has yeah. released was, you know, Spider Man, Marvel Spider Man for uh, the PlayStation 4. And they just went up and bought Insomniac Games. I think so, that's big for them. Um, yeah. If you noticed, um, Xbox is picking out a lot of uh, game developers and right. kind of building up their game studio. So I think this is a. To compete a with good Sony's step. first party yeah. lineup. This is a good step for Sony, um, especially coming off of uh, the Spider Man game that they just put out, was to me one of the best. Uh, Especially compared to some of the other ones, um, but it's a really good game, great game. If you haven't played it, I definitely suggest it. But um, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm so I am happy that they have have done that. Um, obviously, I'm still every single day I'm washing my mouth out of that Ratchet and Clank game. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think I still have some in the back of my throat. Um, so so there's that. Um, but I will say that what they have been able to do with that Spider-Man game has been absolutely amazing. Um, I no pun intended. have hmm? no pun intended. Amazing. No Spider-Man. pun intended. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am. I'm hopeful. I'm more hopeful about this than the Matrix. <laughs> I'm more. I'm more hopeful about. I'm significantly more hopeful about this because. Sony has been putting out some good stuff. They have, and Insomniac could could use some could could use some help. Because <laughs> um, coming off of missing E3, I think they need to kind of build up their. They need to stockpile some 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 ammunition, because right now, to me, in my in my book, and I mean, I have a PlayStation. I, there's nothing I'm really looking forward to on PlayStation right now, um, because there was nothing shown to me to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we see things at E3, and that's what we look to all the year round. We look through, we look to, we look to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was nothing shown to me at, during E3 because they weren't there to make me look forward to something. Right now, my PlayStation is in a box and it's been in there for like a couple months. Oh, right. No. But, and, and two years prior, it was like you couldn't tell Sony nothing because they had no. exclusive mm-hmm. hit after critically acclaimed exclusive hit. Yep. Just. Back to back to back. So it's almost like they have, you know, a, a very talented stable of first party studios and they kind of had them all on the same schedule where they all just shotgunned their high quality content at you over the span of a, a very short period of time. And then they were kind of left reloading while everybody else 
was kind of waiting for the next the next you got to stagger your releases so that way it's you're covering more of that you know everybody knows the summertime those two three months there's not really much coming up besides the madden game or you know some off-brand transformers game something like that but for the rest of the year from pretty much september up until what uh may you should be staggering your releases so that way some of your big hits are at least hitting almost every month every two months makes a lot of sense um i will say though insomniac is kind of just coming back home like they were what were they like they were always third party i think but they only seem to they like because the ratchet and clank games they they only made those games for PlayStation. playstation yeah uh i think were they always were they like second party or something? I guess that's what the the term is. Where you, you you're not owned by a company, oh, okay. but you only make games for a specific company. So after they kind of after this generation started, the Xbox One, PS4 generation, the first game they released was um, damn. What is the name of that game with, with the orange soda? With like the punk guy oh, who was jumping Sunset on Overdrive. Sunset, Sunset Overdrive. Overdrive. Thank you. So they released Sunset Overdrive as an Xbox exclusive. That game apparently was, you know, well-liked, but it didn't really hit. You know, it wasn't like... It wasn't like, a commercial success, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the stuff that they did in Sunset Overdrive apparently was carried over into Spider-Man. So it's like Sony somehow seems to know how to get the best out of Insomniac. So why not, you know, bring them in-house? You know, they had that long-standing relationship. They had the super huge success with Spider-Man. It seems like a no-brainer. Um, yeah. They've kind of been with Sony this whole time. So, like... It, that, Might as well just bring them on home. Exactly. You know, but aside from bringing Spider-Man home to Sony, <laughs> you see the biggest piece of news that we have this week is the beef between Sony, Spider-Man, and Disney. Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man in movies. Sony holds that license. This was sold to them by Marvel way back before all the MCU stuff happened, right? That's how you got your Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. You know, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, you know? So that actually sort of kicked off the superhero film genre, like the boom of superhero movies, right? I'll, I'll, I'll grant them that. But then Marvel regained some of his footing with Iron Man and then with their connected Marvel movies and such and kind of turned superhero movies into a pop culture phenomenon. Like, there's been nothing like this in movies ever you know and then they make that deal where they bring spider-man home to the marvel cinematic universe wild success wild success so the deal was for two movies marvel produces um spider-man homecoming as well as spider-man far from home which just released and is currently the best-selling sony pictures movie ever well not sony pictures movie but just the best movie sony has released ever right Then they go into negotiations. Disney wants more of a cut. The deal that they struck apparently was 5% of movie revenue. And then, what was it? Like a 50-50 split of merchandising? Or was Disney getting more merchandising? I kind of forget. I think they were getting more merchandising. So it was in that vein. But the movies are breaking the billion-dollar mark. Two of them, major hits. All produced by Disney. Sony's just giving them the character. Mm -hmm. For me... I think Marvel's been uh, Disney's being a little greedy now. You think so? I think so. I think they they didn't think it was going to do as good, so they were okay with. Well, I mean, 
they, I don't think they assumed it was going to do bad. Mm-hmm. That's like when the Star Wars um, toys went out. They had to rush them out. They only found one company that was able to do the toys in the time that they needed. So they pretty much gave them like 99 cents on a dollar. Every 99 cents went to the toy maker and a, a, a penny went to Lord George Lucas. And then later when they found out, you know, the second movie was coming out. Oh, no, now we want we want 75 percent. We'll give you the toy maker 25 percent because they see how good it was going to do. Huh. Now, at the time, they had no choice. So they took what they could get. Uh-huh. It's kind of the same thing here. They wanted Spider-Man. They need. They wanted to, to kind of intertwine him into the Marvel universe. So they're like, okay, we'll do this. We'll give you that. We'll take this. We'll take that. Right now, I think they're being a little greedy. I mean, how much more money does Disney need? I get it. I mean, Fox yeah, is probably yeah. stuck in their stance. <laughs> hey, we want to. We're not going to give you a little bit more. This is what we agreed on. This is what we're we're good with. Now you got to think about the fans, and how much chaos is going to cause. Because you kind of, you kind of already web spider-man you know no pun intended into the marvel <laughs> universe and it's kind of it's kind of led to believe that he's going to be the next generation of what iron man was yeah so when now you're going to take them out no offense to sony but even if they have you give them all the ingredients to make this cake i don't think that cake is going to come out well so i don't see them doing a good job with spider-man in general so i think mm-hmm. they should leave it to marvel Marvel should be okay with with the the money that they're getting mm-hmm. and not be so god darn greedy <laughs> and understand that it's for yeah you're making this for profit but what about the fans? It's a, it's a good point, gamer. What, what's your take on the tug of war? Well, who's the biggest and who has all the money? Eh, it was Disney, and I definitely agree that they definitely got greedy. And I actually would even go further to say, because of everything that Disney owns, it's like, okay, yeah, we'll, you know, this this deal that we have with, with Spider-Man, yep, that's good. And then it was like, wow, all right, Spider-Man is really blowing up. Let's renegotiate some things. So how about we get a little bit more? And they're like, yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> no. So, yeah, I mean, and it, it is like... For years, the joke has been Disney owns your childhood. Disney sells you your childhood, and we just take it all in. And and, and we do. And now they're big, and they want to get bigger. And Spider-Man was huge. So it's, of course, it's like, oh, yeah, this cash cow ain't getting any thinner. Let's continue to milk this. Like, <laughs> like I know, like, I, I wish that I could bring it up right now on the screen, but there's that, there's that meme where it's this cow, this thin, decrepit-looking cow, and you got Mickey walking over to it, like, let's go get some more, you know, milk. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it, it is what it is. It's Disney. It's Disney greed. And... Unfortunately, it, it it didn't exactly didn't didn't exactly work out in their favor. So, with that being said, Disney still has so many other things that they could possibly try to make money on. It's just not going to be this. I am curious what that's going to happen with the rest of the movie because with the rest of the movies and just Spider Man's future because he has been so intertwined yeah. with Homecoming, Far From Home. Endgame and feeling like he he's been so intertwined with this, how are you just gonna rip him up again? I mean, you had more memes like, oh well, I guess Uncle Ben's getting shot again. Awesome, like, oh, <laughs> right? Because what, what are you gonna do? Sony fully intends to just keep putting out Spider-Man movies, even if he's not and in the MCU. Like, they shamelessly. don't do a good job with it. They don't, and I th- they don't do a horrible job. 
But I don't. Think I, I don't know. The Amazing Spider-Man was actually a horrible movie. I liked Amazing Spider-Man. I liked, like uh, I, I, I had that villains, mindset. No. Huh? I didn't like the villains. The villains. The Shocker was horrible. <laughs> Jamie Foxx, no thank you. And um, <laughs> he, got, he, got, he, looked, he looked ridiculous. I don't know. I think you should like go back and watch it recently because I saw clips from the Amazing Spider-Man and was like, wait, this movie was that bad? Because <laughs> like it shocked me. To see how goofy that movie was, like like specifically like the the basketball court scene, like it's dumb. Oh, okay. It is dumb. <laughs> but honestly, I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I will not argue with the fact that Disney is greedy. Like we all know this, they are a super mega, slightly evil corporation. They're monolithic. <laughs> you know, they're the they're closest like thing. They're the closest thing to a monopoly we've seen since like the old olden day Bell Atlantic or whatever, right? But let's let's kind of put some things in perspective. Disney does own Marvel, and Spider-Man is a Marvel character. The fact that Sony owns the movie rights was a move that was made out of desperation when Marvel was pretty much, they were going to basically oh, go under, you. you know? So, yes, yeah, Sony has had some success with Spider-Man in movies, but all the work as of late to bring superheroes to the forefront was done by Marvel. Yep. And the the current success of this iteration of Spider-Man was done by Marvel. Sony yep. could not and has not done anything close to that with that character. Nope. They just hold the, the collar. The they have they have a bomb neck brace around Spider-Man's neck. And Marvel is putting him in all his movies and Sony just has their hand on the button like, "Okay, as long as you're making us money, I won't let go of the button, you know? Yeah. So it, it makes sense to me. With Spider-Man being this successful, it makes sense to me. It makes business sense to me that they would say, you know what? We're making the movie. You know, it's our version of Spider-Man that's getting you all this money. Can we have a bigger cut? How about 50-50? Sony said no. Recent reports have come out that Sony that Disney didn't stonewall them at 50%. They asked for 30 after 50. Sony said, no, stick with your five. We're oh, not letting wow. you do anything. No, we're not changing nothing. We don't care how much more successful he is now. We're not changing nothing. And then if nah, you see, the, yeah. if you see the, the message that Sony released after the news came out, because Disney didn't say anything, mind you. The news came out. I'm sure it was leaked by someone at Disney. The news was leaked. That negotiation fell through. But what Sony released was this snide kind of kind of shade throwing statement that says oh maybe kevin feige's too busy now you know he's got all the fox acquisitions and stuff to, to worry about now so he doesn't have time to focus on spider-man but you know we and the wording that they use is like maybe they should worry about characters that they actually own oh wow like y'all you, you, yeah. didn't peep this yeah so like no, maybe they that. maybe they don't have they don't have time to worry about characters that they don't own oh wow <laughs> So like, yeah, but don't worry, we'll we'll move case. forward with the Spider Man. But like, no, nobody wants that. <laughs> Sony, stop! We don't want I, you to do anything else with Spider Man. Like, <laughs> I thought it was more of a, you know, they Disney wanted this much and was unbending on. It. I didn't know it was the other way around because if they're if they're fronting all the money for the movie and paying all the expenses and all they're kind of paying Sony for is the rights to use him, then I do think that Sony should kind of understand that. Guess what? 
if you make the movie, you're not even going to get what we're giving you. Right. And it, like that, that's just the, the to me that just reads as stubborn. Like, I get it. Disney's a bully. But they do have leverage. They're the ones that made you all this money. So that's what they're coming to the table and saying, like, look, we have this. We have the tools to make you billions of dollars with this character that you still hold the you have your thumb on his neck. Like, yes, you yep. have the rights. That's why you're at this table right now. But let us get a little bit more out of it because we're the ones who are doing all the work. Sony said no. Because they didn't even, um, didn't even, Kevin Feige even kind of help uh, direct with um or offer consultation on the, uh, on the Venom movie? That I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything I about believe that. so. I got to double check. I'll get back to you. But it's just... It, it's just business people worrying about money and, like you said, not really giving much of a damn about the fans. <clears throat> like, and as fans, I don't really think there's much we can do about it. Like, we can protest here. No. We can try to boycott there. Like, they don't give a damn. Like, no. unless they what get they what they want in terms of... open, <clears throat> televised negotiation. <laughs> yeah, it ain't happening. Yeah, you can see who's really being the douche. Right. Because everybody's going to put on a different face then. Uh... Yeah, so you'll know who's really just stonewalling and who's preventing this from happening because it is sad. Because once again, you know, God rest, uh, Stanley, rest in peace. His creation, and he fits so well into the Marvel universe, and it all works so well. Um, it's just shame that Tom Holland is feeling like you know, oh, I got to go stay the dad I never met. Like, uh, I don't think they need to do that. Like, like if if. If they don't do another MCU Spider-Man movie, I don't think Sony's gonna do a movie with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. They'll throw him to you, the curb. You don't think so? They'll probably do another they, reboot. Like, wow, yeah. that would be even worse than it would be. But that's what the hell Sony does. <laughs> like, that's what they do with this character oh, because just to make sure that they hold on to the rights. Let's recast them. Tom Cruise as Peter Parker. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> They'll they'll do it just to spite Disney. <laughs> at this point, like I mean, you, you know what? I would I would not box? be surprised if they literally would make even worse Spider-Man movies than they've ever made on purpose to make Disney want to say, "Look, stop, okay, fine." Well, we'll <laughs> like, back. please don't hurt them anymore. <laughs> like, geez. now do you think that's gonna affect them as much since they have uh, acquired um, the Fantastic Four? Uh, who Disney? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because honestly, they can do. They, they, they acquire Fox wholesale. So all yeah. those characters are basically just home. Like, this was like a very unique deal where Sony yeah. still owns Spider Man, but they let. I mean, Sony, right? Yeah. yeah. Sony you know still I mean, owned them, but Disney Marvel has borrowed more, them. They've added more to their arsenal as far as being able to use mutants now. They couldn't use X Men. They couldn't use mutants. Um, oh, so you mean. Even will, will the, they. Will they be able to use that other stuff to cover the loss of a Spider-Man? Yeah, because that's that that's. Cause I don't know. Gonna leave a hole. Yeah, I, I don't know. As as popular and as cool as it is to have all those other staples of characters, like X-Men are a big uh, property. Fantastic Four for some people is a big problem. I don't really like Fantastic Four. <laughs> I think once they 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 reinvigorate it, I think after so many bad movies, but it has been a few years since those movies came out. Hopefully, you know people have have short-term memory loss and they're able to <laughs> keep an open mind to the new ones. But, um, I mean, they were doing okay Spider-Man. without Spider-Man. 
up until Civil War when they got him back. I yeah. feel like now that they've had the taste, I don't think you can. I don't think they'll do as. I don't think they'll be fine without him. Like they may be able to survive, but it's oh man, it's a blow to yeah. lose. And it has to affect. It has to cause other ripples throughout the the different movies that yeah you know he was potentially going to be a part of. It's it's just a real bad situation. Hopefully somebody blinks though in the standoff because I needs uh, I needs my Spider Man. Telling open televised. Negotiations. Let's start a petition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, I mean, people got really people got really ticked off about the way that um, the way that the Sonic was being redrawn. So if you get enough people really ticked off, maybe something might happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, is, any other points to make about the Disney Sony beef over Spider Man? Because we're gonna move on at this point. Nope. No oh, sir. All right, we're at the end of our topics for this week. Uh, but we do have our top three uh, segment. This week, we're going to ask top three games you would want to see get a reboot. So, of course, we're not going to go over games that already have reboots. Uh, but we can. But games that, you know, have current... Like, it doesn't have to be old stuff that isn't in rotation anymore. It could be current games, you know, that you want to just see take a different direction. So, Gamer, you seem excited. <laughs> what All you right. got? So... Way back, way back in the day, there was a video game on the PlayStation called Frequency. And then there was a game after that called Amplitude. Okay, were, I know Amplitude, these, yeah. Yeah, these were rhythm-based video games with music that I had never heard on the radio back when I was little. And now they have, you know, Guitar Hero, Rock Band, and it's just basically the same old pop stuff or whatever. But that all that old eclectic um, music, like, that that's what I want. Like, give me those sort of special, like, I don't want just dance. I don't want dance central. I want to <laughs> sit with my controller and then just tap those buttons. That I, If I can get that redone, but with, like, some of the house music and things like that, mm. that would be amazing. That's cool. There's yeah. my first one. Second one. Um, back in high school, um, back in high school, I played my Game Boy Advance religiously, and one of my favorite video games was Mega Man Battle Network. I loved the whole oh, series. I, I loved all of it, every single bit of it. If I could get something like that on the Nintendo Switch, I would lose my mind. <laughs> I love the chip-based battle system. I love the strategy. I had a, I had one of those special. Uh, Mad Cat's link cables where you could actually plug up to four people into it. I absolutely loved the Mega Man Battle Network series. I think the last one I played was uh, Cybeast uh, uh, Gligar, Gligar, something like that. I know I'm, I know I'm butchering <laughs> the name, but I absolutely loved that. And the last one, and unfortunately, it's because the first, the last two were just so terrible. Bring back Paper Mario proper. We had Paper Mario on the N64. And then you brought me Thousand Year Door, which I absolutely loved. It was actually a little dark. And then you gave me... Uh, Super Paper Mario? Super Paper Mario. I actually like that like, one. I did, but that's... You, you, name it something else. Because <laughs> it wasn't... Su there was nothing super about Super Paper Mario. I was playing a Mario game with the ability to transition between 2 and 3D. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically that. And then after that, I believe it was Sticker Star, 
which yeah, is again good. like what what is this you <laughs> Are you, are you just throwing Paper Mario on anything you possibly can? Oh, it's Nintendo. Of course you are. And then you gave me Color Splash, which is just like, what are you... Why Why are you doing this to me? Why Why are you hurting me? You know that I... I like, give me, give, give me Paper Mario. Give, give me Paper Mario, but throw in Waluigi. Throw in Wario. Throw in, th- throw in another seven things for me to collect for no arbitrary reason <laughs> than just to stop Bowser from getting Peach again. But give, give me what you did to the same level of Thousand Year Door. Because Thousand Year Door was awesome. It was amazing. I still have my GameCube for that reason. It was for such... just that game. Wow. Okay, that and Double Dash. That and Double Dash. Double Dash is probably my favorite Mario Kart, to be honest. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. But it, 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 it hurt me to look to, and you know, obviously I'm going to be using paper puns, but it really hurt me to see how Paper Mario just kind of like was shriveled up and balled up in the corner of obscurity. It, it just yeah, it, yeah. It, lost, it, it, it lost its luster and its shine, and it was less of Paper Mario and more like, Okay, we're going to have the Paper Mario character in here with the other 3D models because we can't think of anything else to do with this guy. Yeah. What? Yeah, it does seem like they've kind of squandered that uh, franchise in recent years. It just hurt. (laughs) Okay, I mean, that's a really good list, though. I would like to see some of those come back myself. Uh, Jeff, what do you got for us? Your three reboots. First... On my list is going to be Twisted Metal. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's oh, been a while. Oh man. Um, and I'm definitely missing that. Um, yeah, I, I like regular combat. Yeah, that, that's been yeah, out I, of fashion. I, I always want to shoot something. I always feel like, oh, he's in front of me. I want to shoot him. I want to do something, <laughs> and I can't. And that, and that's sad. And it hurts me here. And um, so I'm really looking forward. Hopefully, we get one a Twisted Metal reboot. Um, it's possible. Yes. Yeah, it is. Let's just hope we get it. Because the, the stuff about Sony wanting to make a lot of their first-party titles into, like, other media, wasn't Twisted Metal one of the ones that was, like, talked about getting a TV show? Yeah, they were talking about it one. Um, he was actually in PlayStation Art. Well, Sweet Tooth was actually a PlayStation All-Stars. Right. Yeah, uh, that's true. But we, other than that, we haven't seen much about him or well, they, they did put... Um, Sweet Sweet Tooth ice cream truck as a car on the PS4 version of Rocket League. Oh, you do that? Oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. So okay. that's a thing. That's so another that's homage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second one. This is probably going to steal one of yours. Uh, Perfect Dark. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's yeah. a real good one. <laughs> I, oh I man, yeah. I've been, I was. I, I, go ahead. No, I, yeah, I was. <laughs> when we were doing um E3 predictions. I, yeah. I just had it in my brain that Microsoft is going to announce a Perfect Dark reboot, and they still haven't said anything about that. I want that so bad. The last one <laughs> was a letdown to me. I For played real. it. I played it. I tried to like it. I wanted to love it. But it to me, it, it wasn't even going back to play the first one, it didn't hold up. It just did not at all. Yeah, not the, with the control screen. Yeah. No, it was just bad. Even the way they, they changed her. Uh, it was just nah, no, 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 no. So hopefully we get a an actual real installment in the Perfect Dark series because like to me that was the uh, if Golden Eye was the father, Perfect Dark was the mother, um, because <laughs> that game pretty much 
made first-person shooters what they are today. I um, from the uh, multi-functions on the guns. Oh, my God. It, it improved on everything that was yep. GoldenEye. The way people yep. love GoldenEye, imagine just a game twice as good as that. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and the AI days. was like nothing you've seen before. Like <laughs> those perfect bots, you like all you knew is you were dead. You would <laughs> see him or nothing. You were just dead. It was someone, like, someone said that's bad AI because it's too hard. But <laughs> <laughs> you could adjust it. But if you really wanted to challenge, you you got a challenge. There was no easy peasy. Um, my third one is a it, it is a tie, and it's hard to decide. Um, but I'm gonna go with the latter. Uh, Turok. I want to see a Turok remake. Oh, oh my! I have some news for you. <laughs> they just huh? released a new Turok. But it wasn't. The yeah, same. it doesn't it look like, like anything like you would want yeah. it to look like. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm talking about like old Turok. I'm talking about uh, like a dinosaur hunter. Oh, they now, were dinosaur they, hunters. They just they just, they just hunt them on and pillows. The, and the tie was with Dino Crisis. Oh my oh, goodness! Right, I remember yeah. that way back. That's a Capcom title, right? Yeah. Yeah, what What do they do? Who knows? Capcom. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now, hopefully with the resurgence of Resident Evil and the remakes that they've been doing with that, mm-hmm. hopefully that kind of gives them that, hey, you know what? Let's do a Dino Crisis and let's do it right. Because the first one was good. Everyone after that? Nah. <laughs> and, and, and that's my top three. Well, four. Now, hopefully <laughs> I have good luck because my wish... For E3 came true. Let's oh, Fantasy Star Online. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy Star Online too coming out. Come true. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm gonna go into my three reboots. Uh, first off, I w- I would love to see, and it's especially because the old game you can't get anymore. But Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game. You can't get the arcade version anymore. No, because it's of not backwards compatible. No, with Xbox it's games? off the store oh, because wow. of because of license and stuff. Like it's it's tied to oh, a movie. You told me about that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it has to do with the music as well because that's also owned like that's licensed music from. Well, no, the the music was done by a band, like an actual band, but for the game. So that's probably not the issue. But I think just the movie license itself was problematic, so it didn't come forward with all the backwards compatible stuff. So you cannot play that game anymore, which sucks. Oh, but. I would love a new Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Like, I don't care if they tell the same story. Cause I love that story. Just bring that, bring all those mechanics, that music, that art style, just bring all of that back, please. That is probably the best side scrolling beat em up game I've ever played in my entire life. Better than streets of rage, better than, uh, not streets of rage, you know, whatever <laughs> river city <laughs> ransom, what are all these other, everything that's not streets of rage. Right. I don't care. Scott Pilgrim versus the world is the best freaking side scrolling beat I've ever played. I would love that game to come back so much. Like, please, please. That's my wish <laughs> for E3. <laughs> Bring back Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, another game. I don't know how many people actually know too much about excite bike. It was a big game on NES yeah. for super yeah, Nintendo for I like the it, old yeah. NES. Was but, that the one where you can craft your own kind of, yes, uh, you could like yeah. create courses. I wasn't big on the NES one, but excite bike 64 was my jam. I played the crap. It was, it's basically just a racing game, but it's like dirt bikes. So you're going around courses, you're going up hills. They had a mode where there was like a hill climb. So you had to like maneuver your bike and do um, like wheelies and stuff. It was cool. Super cool. There was tricks and stuff. Mo- like split screen multiplayer. I was waiting for updates to that game. For the Wii, they released something called Excite Trucks. 
which I think was well reviewed, but it wasn't Excite Bike. You know, it was like trucks and like it was like maybe motion controlled steering in some cases. It was kind of like it seemed like kind of a like a typical launch game. They just needed content for the launch of the oh. Wii, and so they threw that out there. I think there was one other game called like Excite Bots or something like that, but none of that stuff kind of moved the needle for anybody really. Bring back Excite Bike. It's one of Nintendo's like long forgotten franchises. I think there's like a trophy for it or like a assist trophy or something in Smash Bros. for yeah. Excite Bike because they still, of course, pay lineage to that stuff, but they haven't really done anything with it for a really long time. I would love to see that come back in a big way. I will um, say I was thinking you were going to have Gotcha Force in your list for some reason. I thought about it, but when gamers said Mega Man Battle Network, I immediately went to Mega Man X. <laughs> I need Mega Man X back in top shape. I need the artwork, the music, the gameplay. Like if like Mega Man X was is sort of a Metroidvania, because, but the levels like it's not one big map. Yeah, They're kind of separated. Segmented. Yeah, do it the right way. Make Mega Man X an actual Metroidvania where you explore like a whole big area, and then you beat bosses that are in this section or that section, like. Do Hollow Knight, but Mega Man X. That's how I feel. Like, it would be so easy to do. Capcom contracted out to Team Cherry, who did Hollow Knight. Contracted out to, uh, who are the guys that did um, Shovel Knight? Yacht Club Yacht, Games. Yacht Club Games. Give somebody else the license and let them make that game. My God, that would be so dope. Everybody would buy that game. Guarantee it. <laughs> Bring back Mega Man X. You heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> so those are my three. Gotcha Force probably would have been my uh, honorable mention or whatnot. But um, that's pretty much going to do it. For me, would be a uh, Quake sixty four. I, I think there are new Quakes coming. Oh, there are. Yeah, I think okay, so. Well, good. I don't. I don't yeah. know if they've released already, but I don't know. I'll, I'll double check on that. I think there are, is new Quake on the horizon. Okay. If you find out, email me. Okay. So I, I can. Uh... <laughs> sure. I'll send you a, a two way page or something. Thanks. <laughs> anyway. That's going to do it for episode 14 of the BBET Gamescast. I want to once again thank Superman Jeff 12. Hey. And special thanks to our uh, special host here, Mr. Gamer from Start Button Report. Yeah, thank Review. you for coming through, bro. And Jeff, where can people find you if they want to look for you on you the internet? You can find me on Mixer at Superman Jeff 12. You can also find me on my Facebook page at Superman Jeff Plays. Um, also, don't forget ahead and hit the uh, subscribe button at the bottom. And hit the bell if you want to be notified when we post new content. Um, we also stream um, throughout the week. I mean, some of our stuff actually ends up on here. Um, and some bonus stuff. Um, like Casey said, um, you can probably catch him and his girlfriend play his most newly revealed game. A reviewed game um, that will be coming out. The embargo said the 31st. The 30th, so I think. His, yeah, so you'll be seeing his playthrough um, coming up uh, around that time. Um, we also post stuff that we play recreationally that uh, might seem cool. So definitely check us out. Um, and that's it. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Gamer, where can people find you and your stuff? So they can actually go to startbuttonreview.com. That is start button, as on the controller, buttonreview.com. Um, the SBR Reports podcast is on 
just about every place that I could possibly throw it, um, <laughs> except Samsung TVs. I don't have my podcast on Samsung TVs yet, but is, it is on Google, Google, <laughs> Apple, Stitcher, Intune, um, basically any other places you can get it, especially my website. You can and, hit and me we'll, up. We will on, put a link to some of that stuff in our description for this episode as well so people can find you. Awesome. And... I am mainly on my Twitter. My PR person tells me that I need to be more active on it because, wow, people actually like it when I open up my mouth and speak. So you can find me at S-B-R-M-R-G-A-M-E-R. That is S-B-R Mr. Gamer on Twitter. That's what's up. Uh, you guys can find me uh, at Sigma Gears 9 on pretty much all social media. Um, on Facebook, you can find me at Sigma and Sun. And uh, if you want to see the reviews that I'm always talking about, you can head to escapismagazine.com or es the Escapist YouTube channel and just search for three-minute reviews. Um, half the stuff on there are reviews that I've done, so definitely check that stuff out. Um, like Jeff said, please subscribe to the BBET Gamescast podcast here on YouTube. Um, if you're listening on any of the services where we put the podcast version of this up, definitely just click on over to YouTube. The description should have the YouTube link to that video. Just hit subscribe. You don't have to watch the actual video if you don't want to. Just subscribe to us so we can get uh, our numbers up, you know, and help us support, uh, you know, this endeavor. Because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy. And I, again, appreciate both my hosts here and everybody who's listening for, you know, cooperating and building this community. So, once again, thanks, Mr. Gamer. Thanks, Superman Jeff. That's going to do it for episode 14. Peace. Niggas really tripping. Why the fuck they always got that hate? Concentrate on a nigga while I'm out trying to get him and forget it. Shaking my head, these niggas that don't sleep. Trying to get bread, your niggas in deep sleep. At least I'm woke, nigga, I'm a beast. At least I know. Whoa. Trying to get rid of me, but I am the epitome of acidity. I could spat it and get me city beat. I had a dream and a scene. Just what I'm finna be, the shit is obscene. I'm on the scene and they better. They ain't never seen no one better. Spooks me, geek, spike me. How I flip the script, the shit legit. Feel like I hit a lick, the top spot shit high, like I lit the brick. I'm like.